All right, we got a good one today. Uh, Dan Panicle with us a little bit later on, Supervisor Tanner Brookhaven. Uh, also, you hear from David Albert regarding the governor's address on education. Uh, and also, uh, Bobby McMahon, the incredible story uh, we spoke about yesterday. First, though, uh, another uh, incredible story of our friend John Ray, John Ray and Associates. John, of course, was the leading attorney when it comes to all of what's happening with the Gilgo uh, investigation. And now John uh, will be holding his very own symposium. Uh, come January the 30th at St. John University's Merrillick Hall. It's in Queens, folks. Doors will open at, se- at 3.30. It goes to around 7.30. Admission is free. The true story uh, in its entirety told by the man who lit the case for 13 years, Lisk, the Long Island serial killer case, nationally, internationally recognized for his incredible work. Certainly has appeared on our show as a guest many times over the years. The aforementioned John Ray. Sir, great having you. Good morning. Good morning, Jay. And a very happy new year to you. Uh, you. You know, when I learned of the symposium, I thought it was a phenomenal, phenomenal idea. And by the way, uh, we'll tell you exactly what's going on with a nonprofit. You know, whatever, whatever proceeds come in, it goes to. You know, it's it's all about defraying the cost. The cost is is up there for this symposium. We'll tell you what's going on with that. John will tell you. But John, uh, so well thought of, well done. Very much looking forward to the symposium on the thirtieth of the month. Uh, and listen, it, there's a lot going on with Gilgo. It's a fluid type of case. The moving target as far as uh, the nuances that come into play during the cycle of news. And you're right there, my friend. Yes, thank you, Jay. I, we, we're, I and my team, we've uh, come together with this idea that the narrative has been more or less controlled by the press releases and speeches of the police department on this case. Uh, and you would think that's rightfully true. And, you know, sprinkled throughout those releases over the years has been my uh, take on, on what is going on. And you never really get a full picture of what we say has been the truth in this case. Well, we're going to give you that on September 30th. And instead of, uh, you know, the police held a press conference last May in which they, you know, they said, that, for example, that Shannon Gilbert died of a tragic accident without yeah. identifying the accident. So we're going to now show, have a, not the police story, but our story with the evidence that we have gathered, that I have gathered for 13 years. And um, that, that symposium will not only gather all all of that evidence, uh, which will give you a very different view and hopefully a very different conclusion. But also, uh, I have garnered many other new people uh, who have uh, experienced troubles with the Long Island serial killer and uh, have been um, you know, actually chased by him and, and the like. So they have come forward as uh, Commissioner Harris, Harrison had said, call John Ray. They've called John Ray and uh, they called me and they have given me affidavits and some of them will actually attend the uh, symposium and their affidavits will be presented. You will hear new evidence, um, which sadly, by the way, the, the Suffolk County Police have seen fit not to even call me to, once to see what
whether or not I have had any of this evidence. Well, I have the evidence. Unbelievable. And, and you'd think, you know, you'd be the first guy I go to as far as, you know, this type of stuff. But, you know, listen, when it comes to the whole thing with Shannon Gilbert, and you're right there, you represented the Gilbert family, you still do. Um, and there's so many questions there. And the thing I love about what you are going to do in roughly 19 days, John, is you're going to present new evidence. You know, you're going to be right there. You got some witnesses that I heard about that are going to be in play. A lot of people are going to attend that in that regard. You're also going to get questions from the audience you're going to entertain. You know, this this is, uh, you know, this isn't just a, uh, a regular deal here, folks. This is a very special uh, that uh, symposium that John has put a lot of thought uh, into. He's worked on this case for 13 years and still going strong. So you, you got to love that. Anybody who's thinking about it now says, hey, wait a minute. He's presenting new evidence. He's presenting some new witnesses. We're going to be able to ask questions. I mean, it's a win-win. Well, it, it, I hope it's seen that way by the public. That's the, the goal here on my part to, to make that happen. And, and I've always cooperated, by the way, with the police department in giving them the evidence that has come to me. But after uh, October 18th, when uh, Rodney Harrison and I held the joint press conference where he told people to call me if they felt any compunction with respect to the police, and many of them have, in fact, who have real evidence, uh, you would think that maybe the police department would have called me and said, say, hey, you know, what's up? Do you have anything? Yeah, anything new? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm a source and, and I have these. So, so I, you know, I've chosen I, to do it, things this way now because I'm just not getting any, no contact whatsoever. And, 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 and you may remember that I was twice stalked before Hoyerman got arrested, before he was even known. I was stalked. My family was stalked at a very, two very serious ways. And I have three times made a request that this be investigated. I even have the voice. We've tape recorded the voice of one of, of the woman who contacted my my family and um, basically was stalking us. And uh, in, in this case, she's part of this case. And uh, um, she, she contacted me with a man uh, who, who's part of this case. And they have never once called me to say, hey, what do you have? Uh, you know, we should look into this. I've asked them three times to do it. I've been ignored. So I, I just feel no compunction about saying, okay, well, let's let the public know what's really going on as far as I know. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it all takes place on the 30th of the month, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And it's uh, over at Merrillick Hall in Queens. That's St. John's right there. And John's doing something really special. And I love this. Love what you did here. You're asking that those who can donate to a nonprofit organization, which you have formed. And it's an organization, folks, that gives legal assistance to those who really can't help themselves, you know, who are in tough spots. You're giving legal assistance to the helpless who are just either buried alive by government and society, which is sponsoring the event. So to, to help defray these costs involved, uh, John's asking that uh, you go to this GoFundMe, Magdalene Dismiss Society, Inc., at uh, GoFundMe.com. Is that correct, sir? Yeah, it, the Magdalene Dismiss Society is a not-for-profit uh, corporation which I founded to te- to help people uh, who are really buried alive, as you say, by government uh, caprice or by by societal caprice, and and it just you know people like these sex workers who you, you know they, they didn't put themselves there by just all by themselves, and they they needed the help, and they still need the help, and it's it's there for that, and named after Mary Magdalene who stood at the foot of the cross of Christ, and she was. Uh, reputed to be a former prostitute. And the Dismas, who was the good thief who hung on the cross next
next to Christ, who was a thief, and he was the first one uh, Christ said he would be in heaven. So, so you have the, the prostitute and the thief, and and I mean, wh- how unlikely is that uh, uh, that those people are heroes? And and so I'm appealing to those kind of people and saying well, we're helping you out, we're stepping up, and that's what I've done with uh, with this case for 13 years. I have not taken a penny in 13 years, and it's cost me probably out of my pocket close to fifty thousand dollars. And this this symposium is costing uh, to to rent the hall and so forth, and we had security, etc. It's costing us about eight thousand dollars. We we just I just don't have that kind of money, yeah. so I, I need help. And if you can help us at all, donate to Magdalene Dismas Society uh, Inc. Uh, on GoFundMe. Boy, that would be very wonderful. Yeah, Magdalene folks, M A G D A L E N E Dismas D I S M A S Society. Again, you go to the GoFundMe.com, you'll check it out. Let's do a little Q and A, my friend. So I'll hold my own symposium right now with you. So, <laughs> sure. in in essence, Rex Yorman and the Gilgo Four, worried Brandon Barnes, we await. We know the grand jury uh, is combing through a ton of evidence. Do you expect Rex uh, to be part of this as far as the facilitator in that fourth woman's death? Yeah, I, I would say he's fairly clearly, from any practical point of view, responsible for her for the fourth woman's death of Maureen Brandon Barnes. And there is a growing likelihood that he's responsible for the deaths of others as well. You know, I, I have evidence, independent evidence, that he's a real stalker. That's what he, he, he seemed to take some special pleasure in doing. And not always killing everybody he stalked, but stalking them nonetheless and you know, submitting them to basically a form of mental torture. And of course, we know that he was involved with physical torture as well because he was looking at those um, porn sites in the dark web that involved torture of children, torture of adults. And, uh, you know, the average person doesn't do that. Even the average porno watcher doesn't do that. This guy is, he's way out there with, with torture. And so if you really study the other cases, there's a real chance that those girls were tortured as well before they died. So, you know, the, the, the indicators are beginning to point more and more towards towards uh, him. And, you know, the overall overweening developments in this case are that uh, his wife comes forward and says, he, all of a sudden, he's, she now determines after months that he's innocent, that she believes he's innocent. Does she believe that he's innocent of watching the, the uh, porn, the dark, the filthy dark web porn? Yeah. She hasn't said anything about that at all. And if, if she's not saying that, she's aware of that. If she's aware of that, she's aware of the porno that he was indulging in. Isn't she aware of other things? As well, well, let me ask you. thought of those inferences? Yeah, let me ask you. And you were always under the belief that Ace Eller was, uh, was part of this whole thing, at least that from a viewer. I mean, you're, you're under the belief, correct? And I don't want to put words in your mouth. Tell me if I'm wrong. But you're under the belief that she witnessed uh, her husband then bringing uh, women into that mess. Pequa Park home. Uh, not yes, necessarily partaking in activities, but you are under the impression uh, that she knew about the uh, goings-on of Rex Sherman, correct? That is correct. We, you know, I've had people who've come forward to tell me that's exactly true. And uh, not only that, but, you know, given that her hairs are found on three of the bodies, and it, and one hair is found on the belt that wrapped around Maureen Brainerd Barnes, the belt, the famous belt with the, with the uh, initials on it, um, she should very well be in the circle of suspect uh, of being directly involved in some of these things. She should be a suspect and, and there should be more investigation of that because it, it, it's passing strange that um, 
these bodies are 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 buried at three different, uh, four different times, um, and in years apart, even in one case. And so, uh, and yet, here's her hairs on all three of them so far out of the four. Uh, you know, people say, well, you know, hairs fall off. They, they could have been on his clothes. All, all three times they could have been on his clothes and and clinging to a belt. Yeah, no, there's more here. And, uh, you know, her whole behavior throughout this case is, is bold beyond the belief that she is now making them over a million dollars to be filmed talking about uh, the case and 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 uh, participating in the in the in the trial aspects of the yeah. case. Are you this, under the this, bol- this? Well, well? Let me ask you this, John. I was with John Ray's got a symposium at St. John's Marlowe in Queens, the thirtieth of this month, ladies and gentlemen. Let me ask you. Shannon Gilbert's death, uh, in your estimation, is Yorman tied up in uh, in any of uh, in in any of that situation? There's a, there's a there's a possibility of that. We don't have the definitive evidence of that, but there's, a, there's certainly there's consistencies in his behavior with the person and persons who were involved in her death that night. So uh, or that morning, I should say. And um, we're looking further and further into that. You know, it's really hard to peel away the layers because the police department allowed that case to just simmer and, and, and basically be pushed into the cold case category for, thir- you know, for 12 years before they finally started to even look at it. And then they claimed that without any evidence whatsoever, she died of a tragic accident. So, so they buried the evidence and it's very hard to um, dig it up and to find it and, and, and prove exactly what happened. But I'm, I'm on my way toward that. And uh, sure, yeah, he's he certainly. There's some very interesting connections. You'll hear about them at the at the symposium when I bring them forth. Um, and you know, we've invested. It, what's what this has done is it's forced me uh, this case to to investigate further and further into uh, some of the sexual underworld. Uh, you know, it's fueled by drugs, of course, as you can imagine. But yeah. the sexual underworld on Long Island. And in New York City uh, and connected to other parts of the country is vast. It's huge. It's enormous. It's well organized. Uh, You think Epstein is the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Epstein and his his goings on on that island are the tips tip of the iceberg. And and I should just mention, by the way, on Epstein, um, I had evidence back uh, well over uh, two years ago of Epstein's recruitment of Swedish girls through a uh, a person who uh, you know I I had. Um uh, I had known about, had found out about, and uh, who was recruiting these Swedish girls to service Epstein and his gang here in in, um, in the United States and down in that island. And I turned it over to the United States Attorney two years ago, approximately, and um, <clears throat> the U.S. Attorney said they would they would ignore the evidence unless we could prove I could prove to them up front that those girls and I had a list of them were under 18. And of course, I couldn't prove that. I had no idea of that one way or the other. And they, they, that list was completely ignored. Now, the woman who, who promoted that, her name is Barbara Embaum, who was uh, the one who procured uh, the, um, the, put together the crown prince of Sweden's uh, marriage with a soft porn star. Barbara Enbaum, uh is now hiding out in Stockholm. And it's a big scandal in Sweden in all the newspapers about what she, she procured, well, what she did procuring the, these these very girls so uh you know i i've pushed forth on that that front as well and we're uncovering the most incredible uh, list of people who uh you know are were 
prominent on Long Island who are involved in all these kinds of sexual uh, activities as well. It's stunning. It's depressing. Um, and it's so far beyond my reach to investigate as, a, as one individual that there really needs to be, I, I think there needs to be a huge task force beyond the task force that's there now, but something on a federal level to really pierce into uh, this this sexual congress that's well, taking place here it's it's gross but it's also shocking and and widespread uh one last thing two parter here uh i haven't heard a lot about dr peter hackett who has made his way off the island i do believe uh and uh, and now uh somewhere in florida i do believe he's still alive uh also uh we haven't heard a lot about mr brewer there who's incarcerated for two murder, just wondering if there was any involvement, any partnership with he and Rex Yerman. Two part of there, give me a 60-second response. Who, 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 who did you say Brewer? You said Brewer? No, Brewer isn't it. Who, who's the, who's the uh, individual who's incarcerated right now? You mean Bitroff? Bitroff, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. John Bitroff. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you need a, you need a scorecard here to determine everything. Else. But yeah, <laughs> Miltrov's the one, and there was always kind of a, you know, a thought process of of an entanglement between him and Rex. Yep. Well, well, first on Hackett, Hackett is still a, a defendant. We're still going forward against him. The evidence we have is huge uh, with respect to him, and we're, we're pursuing it. I've taken the deposition of Joe Brewer, the John involved with Shannon Gilbert. I will talk about that at the symposium. Okay. I've that's taken, the guy. And, and, and finally on Bitroff, uh, you know, the guy, you may not like to hear this, but Legal Aid Society represents him on his appeal. And I read their brief, and they did a fabulous job. They, they, you know, uh, people dis, disrespect legal aid very often, but they were they were absolutely sparkling in the work they did legally. And I think he's got a reasonable shot at beating beating uh, the case right now. I don't say he's guilty. I don't say he's not guilty. But I j- just from a legal standpoint, he has an excellent appeal. All right. Well, I'll tell you, you got a lot going on. It's worth the price of admission. Oh, by the way, it's free. Um, and I'm talking about the symposium. Uh, that John uh, will be holding on January the 30th, folks, uh, in Queens at St. John's, Maryland. Call. You don't want to miss it. Doors open at 3.30, goes right to 7.30, right to 7.30, uh, which is amazing. Has a lot of stuff, a lot of evidence, maybe some witnesses, questions, everything. You name it, everything is on the table. And why not? This is a guy who's lived and breathed it for 13 years, uh, my friend here, John Ray. And again, to defray the costs involved. You heard the costs. It's expensive. Hey, you want to rent a hall like that? It's expensive. Worth it, though, John thinks. So what he's doing is he has formed to give this not-for-profit, this uh, incredible uh, Magdalene Dismas Society, Inc. Uh, that's uh, where John is asking you, if you can, to donate, help defray some of these costs. And you go to the GoFundMe.com, you'll find it. Magdalene Dismas, will, everything's on the site. Uh, please, but uh, John will be a watching. We'll have you on again, and uh, and and to make sure that people are aware of what's going on in Queens on the thirtieth. Well done, well thought of there, my friend. Thank you, Jay. Thank you very much for that. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it all. There you go, John Ray, ladies and gentlemen, checking in. That's a good one. <laughs> 